What's going on? And welcome to the While We're Young podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Smith, and I can't tell you how excited I am to finally be able to produce this. Okay, this has been like a two-year process for me, getting everything together, getting my ideas together. Um, it's been it's been kind of a big deal. And uh, finally, I'm at a point where I can semi-professionally, you know, make podcasts, which is very cool. So thank you for listening in, because without you, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast. So <laughs> um, before we get started, I just wanted to address a few things. Um, you know, one about the podcast, the While You're Young podcast is going to be a podcast. It's going to be geared towards younger people, but I'll say this. You can never be, you know, older than death. So, <laughs> you know, young is a concept in your mind. So if you want to listen to this, you can definitely take God's word and, you know, be inspired through whatever is in this podcast. So, <laughs> um, second off, I just want to say a little bit about me. Of course, my name's Tyler. I'm currently 18 years old. Um, I just graduated high school about two weeks ago. I graduated during the Rona, which was very exciting, and that's a lie. <laughs> I've been at home or, you know, with family or uh, just friends, but I haven't been around a lot of much, a lot of much. that That's a great way to start off a podcast, right? <laughs> a lot of much. But a few of my hobbies include, like, I love reading. Um, I love running. Uh, I ran cross-country track. And I played football in high school. Um, you ask me my favorite sport, I would probably say football, but I was way, way much better at track. So, um, let's see. I love, okay, I love Christian rap. If you ask anyone of the people, you know, the people that know me the best, they will probably tell you that I'm the biggest fanatic of Christian rap you will ever see. So, you know, Andy Mino, Tripoli, what up, RG Galvi? Uh, I can go down the list, like, just of how many Christian rap artists I listen to. But saying that, I love listening to music. That's one of my favorite pastimes and um, uh, something that I enjoy doing anytime. So um, last thing I guess I'll tell you is I'm a very optimistic person. I'm very up and try to be positive. Um, and I'm almost like a middle schooler. I would say <laughs> maybe a matured middle schooler. That's what I would call me. <laughs> but anyway, let's get on into the podcast. Lastly, thank you. I want to thank you again for listening. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Daniel. Um, we're going to be talking about God's sovereignty in our life and understand the reality of where we are. So I hope you enjoy and let's get right into the podcast.
So today, we're going to be in the book of Daniel. Specifically, we're going to be in the scriptures, the chapters one and two of Daniel. And I originally wanted to talk about chapter three, and that was when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. But I wasn't at peace with it for some reason. And, you know, I wanted to get the full context of the book of Daniel. So I began reading from one and, and went along until I stopped at around four. And I had such an inspiration out of chapters one and two that I decided that that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I, might, I may decide to talk about chapters three and four next week, but I'm not sure. I might do something else. So as for today, we're going to be in chapters one and two. And I encourage you, if you know, you're listening and you're not doing anything, grab your Bible with me and I, we're going to go through it. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the timeline of these, these chapters and dig into it. But before we get into the reading of the scripture, I want to lay down the, the, con- the context of the book of Daniel. Okay. I think it's important for us to realize the time and place of the things that we read, because oftentimes, and I'm guilty of this, that when we read books like these, it's like, you know, we look over that it was real. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, I've heard this story a million times, or this is from the Bible. You know, it, it's like a fairy tale book sometimes where we, we have that little thought in our minds and we don't grasp the reality that this book is real. So to show you actual evidence of um, how and when and the place, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. So this book was written in 539 BC, and that was about 70 years before it took place. It took place in 605 BC. And we see that the very start of the chapter is when Nebuchadnezzar unleashed his first siege on Judah. And during his first siege, he captured Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he took them to Babylon. And so that's where the book takes place. Uh, so, you know, if you imagine it, this is uh, 605 years before Christ, right? And we're 2,020 years after the death of Christ. So I want you to put that in perspective of, you know, it was 3,000, 2,500, 2,600 years ago. And that's very real. Like this story is real and we have actual evidence of every single account in this book. And so if that's evidence of the word, then I don't know what it is. So make that realization. So with that said, I want you to also realize that this book is a narrative. It's a narrative of not only Daniel. Of course, because that's <laughs> the book is named after him and he wrote it. Um, but it's a story of Nebuchadnezzar, a narrative of Nebuchadnezzar and a narrative of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And in narratives, what we need to do uh, as readers is like see that. These people are people that we can, you know, visualize in our mind and relate to now. I wouldn't go as far as saying we need to be like these people. We need to be like their, their faithful actions. But narratives in the Bible are meant for us to take and to realize, you know, what we're not supposed to do and what we're supposed to do. And we're not supposed to idolize the people in the Bible. So take that in consideration and let's get right into it. And we're going to start in chapter one, verse one. And so, like I said, 
the chapter starts off when Nebuchadnezzar unleashed his first siege on Judah. And in this first siege is where he captures Daniel and his friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see that uh, in verses one through two, it explains how they got, how uh, Nebuchadnezzar sieged Judah. And then verses three and four, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, now they're, they're back in Babylon, and he requests that the best of the best be sent to him and be trained for three years to serve him. And in these three years of serving him, Nebuchadnezzar feeds them with, with great delicacies like wine and, and pork and horse meat, which I've never ate horse meat, but, you know, you know, don't shame it until you try it. So, <laughs> but Nebuchadnezzar requests these wise men, and this is where we see the first account or the first dimension of Daniel in the Bible. And that's in uh, verses seven. We see that Daniel and his three friends, who are originally named Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So their names change because the Babylonians give them new names. Daniel's name changes as well. And his name uh, that the Babylonians gave him was uh, Beltajazar, which I probably, I'm not good at the Bible names. So if I, you know, really mess them up, I'm sorry. <laughs> but they, you know, they still count their names as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is their birth name given in, in, in Judah. So we see that they're taken up to uh, Nebuchadnezzar to be served, to serve him, and, but they have to be trained three years. And so in verses 8, we see that Daniel, he doesn't like that he has to eat the pork and the wine um, and the horse meat because, one, he has his religious laws um, that, you know, he sticks by to to glorify God. And in eating those things, it defiles uh, his, his, you know, relationship with God. And two, these foods that they were given were foods that the Babylonians used to worship their gods, used to celebrate their gods. And he didn't want to defile himself and, and connect himself with those things. He wanted to stick to God and stick faithful to him. And so we see that he has a problem and he doesn't eat. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do the same thing. They, don't, they, they follow along with Daniel. Um, Daniel is kind of the leader here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are great leaders too, but they they stick with them and um, they decide not to eat the wine or the horse meat and the the pork. So then the leader of they're called Enochs, um, Enochs are the the people who are being trained, but the leader of the Enochs uh, came to Daniel and he actually to me he comes really respectfully to Daniel, which shows you that Daniel was a really respectable man, a nice man. Uh, someone who, you know, runs away from turmoil, doesn't want any negative. He goes positive. And so the leader of the Enoch comes to Daniel is like, and I'll, I'll read the exact scripture. He says, I fear my Lord. And this is in verses 10. I fear my Lord, the king who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces look worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. And, you know, he's just being straight up. He's like, hey. Why would you make yourself look worse, look worse than these other people and, and even endanger me like I could get killed? And so then Daniel responds in verses 12. He says, OK, 
um, please test your servants. Test me for 10 days and let the let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he's like, hey, just test us. Give us vegetables and give us water to eat. And this is not like a verse in the Bible that's condoning uh, being vegetarian. <laughs> it's not it. It's more of he is, you know, it's showing God's power and showing how God is faithful to them. And, um, you know, it's not that, yeah, I bet you if they ate vegetables and water and instead of nothing, then they would look better. But God makes them look better than the other ones. And God faithfully, um, you know, changes their appearance. And we see that uh, in verses uh, 15 through 16, it says that, you know, the tests work and that they appear better and fatter in flesh than all the other young men that are they're being trained. And so thus they let them eat their vegetables and water for the rest of the time. And so in verses 17, it says, and I'm going to read the exact scripture. As for these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God gave them knowledge and skill and then all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So Daniel, who was faithful to God and didn't defile himself with things that, that this world brought to him, was blessed by doing that, by being faithful. And that's important. We'll talk about that a little later. But let's continue in talking about the, the scripture. So in verses 18 through 21, to sum it up, they end their training. Nebuchadnezzar interviews Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. And he finds that they are 10 times better and wiser and, and more blessed than any other person that is being trained. And, you know, that sums up the end of that chapter. And then we get into chapter two. And in chapter two, we see that Nebuchadnezzar is starting to have really bad dreams. And so in these bad dreams, he, he just, he, we'll talk about, it, it, it later talks about what he actually dreams of, but he's like, he's anxious and he's frightened and he's, he's worried that these dreams, cause he can't sleep. And he, he requests that all of the wise men come to him and try to interpret his dream. And he wants all of them to come and, you know, all the wise men come to him and say, Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, tell us your dream. This is in verse four through seven. Uh, the next few things we're talking about is in those verses. Tell us your dream, Nebuchadnezzar. Like, we'll interpret it for you. But then the king says, well, you know, if you can't, if you can't tell me my dream, you can't interpret it, I will cut you into pieces and I will burn your house down. So it's safe to say these wise men were under a lot of pressure. And so I bet you, and then they, after King Nebuchadnezzar says this, they're like, I bet you they're never saying it, but they're like, Come on, tell me. We'll we'll interpret it for you. <laughs> and so, uh, then Nebuchadnezzar uh, tells them their dream, and <laughs> these people are like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh." And in verses ten, it says, "There is not a man on earth." These are the wise men talking. 
There's not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with the flesh. So they are scared to death because they they don't know what kind of wacky crap that Nebuchadnezzar is talking about or dreaming. They just think it's crazy that no one could understand it. And so Nebuchadnezzar follows with his word. And he says in verses 12 that the king was angry, very furious, and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out and they began killing the wise men. And they sought Daniel and his uh, companions to kill them as well. So that's when Daniel comes in. Um, and so in verses 14, uh, Daniel comes to Arioch, who is the captain of the king's guard. And he's like, hey, uh, what, is the, what is the decree from the king that's so urgent? That's in verses 15. He, he's, that's exactly what it says. Then it says in the same verse that Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. Um, so Daniel's like, okay, this, this concerns me. Cause if, you know, I might die because of it. So let me, let me go into it. And, and so in verse 16, it says that, so Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. I bet he is super nervous. So like, I actually don't think about human nature. Like if you're about to die, if you don't interpret a dream. So think about that. And so after he goes and tells the king in verse 17, it says that he went to his house and he made the decision on the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, I guess they lived together. Uh, it said is they were his companions in the same verse 17. And it says that in verse 18, that they do this so they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish and the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So, they come together and they ask for God's wisdom and for God's uh, secret to be um, revealed. And so this is probably the most important part of these first two chapters that we're going to talk about. So really uh, listen to these next few verses. And I'm going to read it word for word. Verses 19 through 23 is what we're going to be talking about. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, and this is where he blesses God. This is exact quotation from Daniel. Blessed be the name of God forever. For wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and he raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demands. So, the answer is revealed to Daniel. He is, he is overly thankful and in awe of what God has told him. And we need to read the next part to completely understand why he goes in this deep worship for God, because the dream that he, um, the dream that he gets to interpret and he understands now, he takes it in himself and he's like, whoa, God, you are sovereign. 
So now let's finish up the chapter and then we're going to talk about it. So then Daniel goes to Arioch and tells him, Arioch's the, the guard, and he was like, hey, tell Nebuchadnezzar that I, I can interpret his dream. And so uh, Arioch goes in and tells Nebuchadnezzar, and um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is asked Daniel, do you really, do you really know how to interpret this dream? Because if not, you will be chopped meat. <laughs> and Daniel tells him, yes, I do. And um, so then in verses 27, he says, the secret which the king has demanded the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. So Daniel basically gives glory to his God the true God, the one God. He's like, the God, specifically he says, the God in heaven revealed this secret to you and has revealed a secret of the latter days, the, the days to come. And so, then he goes into it. And to sum up the dream, because if, if you want to read it, um, I'll, I'll read, I'll re- actually I'll read a little bit of the scripture. It's in verses 31 through 35. It says, you, O king, were watching. And this is just explaining the dream. Verses 31, you, O king, were watching and behold a great image. The great image was splendor, was excellent, stood before you. And its form was awesome. This image head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and the clay and the bronze and the silver and the gold were crushed together and became the shaft at the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And that finishes in verses 35. So basically, Daniel describes the dream and the dream that Nebuchadnezzar has is a big statue. Its head is made of gold. Its breast and its arms are made of silver. Its belly and its thighs are made of brass and his legs of iron and the feet. The feet are portions of clay and iron. And so then he goes in in verses 36. uh, We'll read this actually too, and then we'll explain a little bit more. In verses 36, it says, this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom. He's given you power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell are the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hands and has made you ruler over all of them. You are the head of gold. So Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, is the head of gold. That's the symbol. But after you shall rise another kingdom, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom, of bronze to which shall rule over the earth and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron insomuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything and like the iron that crushes the kingdom will break into precious pieces and crush all the others whereas you saw the feet and the toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron the kingdom shall be divided yet the strength of the iron shall be in it just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay and as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile so 
we see that and this is it's prophecy is a really weird it's a really weird scripture but that the gold head of the statue is babylon is nebuchadnezzar and then as we go down it turns into silver for the breast and that is the medo-persian empire and it's cool to see that these things actually happened okay these prophecies actually came to life the medo-persian empire that came after the babylonian uh babylonian period it was the silver breast and arms the belly and the thighs were made of brass and that was the greek empire so then we get to the legs of iron which was the roman empire and so the feet and the portions of clay that was the future continuation of the revival of rome and um why it's feet of clay and iron is because um it's so dispersed and so um just not functional together and because iron and clay don't go together and um the the revival of rome the these cities that would come up weren't glued together they weren't together at all and so in this from the head to the toes we see a decrease in value from gold to iron and clay but we also see an increase in strength going down the body and it's really it's really cool to see that these prophecies came true that daniel had these prophecies and every single one of them came true and that how could you not see the evidence of scripture when someone prophesied the very history like every single thing in this bible is historically accurate and that is beautiful so when daniel finishes interpreting the dream and this is the last end of chapter two and i'm so sorry that we're going along with scripture but it's so important to get it and to understand it and in the end of chapter two we see that King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel. Prostrate is the position where your head is on the ground. Um, it's like a worship position. Um, you're just head on the ground, uh, laying flat. And he commanded that the present of offering an incense to him. And then the king answered Daniel, and he said this, Truly your God is the God of gods. <laughs> That's kind of sad. He still believed that the God was that that Daniel was talking about was the God that, you know, is just with all the other gods. He was the higher being when God is the only God. He says he's the Lord that reveals the spirit, the secret, I mean. So then the king promoted Daniel, gave him great gifts, and he made him a ruler of the province of Babylon. So then also Daniel positioned the king and set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So Daniel became a really high person in the government of Babylon. So now that we're finally done reading scripture, I think it's time for a really deserved mental break. So let's do it. Um, I have a little interactive thing that I want to do, and I don't know if podcasts usually do this, but I'm no normal podcast. So <laughs> I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but all I'm going to say is follow my instructions. Because I promise you it'll all tie in um, once we do it. But the first thing I want you to do is I want you to look at everything around you. Like right now I'm looking at a command strip on my wall that has been there for a long time and I should probably take down. <laughs> and I'm looking outside my window and I see a tree, a pine tree. It's 
very luscious and green. Then I'm looking out my window and I see maybe another tree. I don't know if it's an oak. I don't know what it is, but I, I see trees. I, I see the walls around me, the ceiling, the fan. I see all kinds of things right now that I'm looking at in front of me. And on a grander scale, I'm in my house. I can see that. Um, now what I want you to do is I want you to feel the things around you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a book right now or, you know, my face or, you know, my hands. I feel those things. All right, the next thing I want you to do, and depending on where you are, this might be a bad one. Um, I want you to smell. <laughs> Just try it. Um, I really personally can tell you I can't smell anything because I'm in my house. So I don't know if my house smells or not. That's something that I think we all think about <laughs> if our house smells. But um, maybe you have a musty armpit and you need some deodorant. So maybe you smell that. <laughs> Regardless. Just smell, you know, as you go along. Um, the next thing I want you to do is that I want you to just take five seconds and just listen to everything around you. Okay, so what I heard was my computer. It was buzzing or purring, I guess what you could call it. I hear my dad outside. He's in his truck and he's about to head out, uh, head out to uh, my grandmother's house. I know it's kind of personal, but hey, that's what he's doing. And, um, you know, I'm obviously hearing myself talk, right? All right. So last thing, what I want you to do is I want you to lick something. <laughs> I'm completely joking. But I mean, if you want to lick your fingers or have the spontaneous urge to lick something random, do it. If that's what you want to do. <laughs> but all right. So let, let's step away from the interactive a little bit. But, but keep it in mind, because we're going to talk about what we just did in a little bit. Um, what I want us to talk about is, uh, I want us to talk about some three different truths that we get from the scripture and that things that we can apply and understand in our life. So one question I want to ask you, I want to ask you, what do you think was the true realization that Daniel had after God gave him the secret? Obviously, you know, he was happy that God gave him the ability to understand the dream because one, he wasn't going to be chopped meat or his house turned into ashes. So that was good. Um, but what else do you think? Like we see that in his, um, in verses 20 to 23, that he's praising God and he's saying all these things like you change time and you're in charge of the seasons you you re, you remove kings and you raise kings up. You reveal deep and secret things, and you know what's in the darkness, but the light is filled in you. So he says all these things. So why is he worshiping God in this moment? Why is he just not saying, "Oh, thank you, God, for revealing me the dream"? Because it's such bigger than a secret dream. That's that's cool. The prophecy was cool, but it's so much bigger. So much bigger. So, so what, what exactly am I talking about? All right, let's talk about it. I just made you um, practice all of your senses. And what that does is what I just made you do was um, evaluate the reality around you, right? Uh, you know, I, I described a command strip on my wall. And that command strip has been there for, what, two years? I promise you it's been up there for two years. So that describes a reality of mine, like 
you didn't know I had a command strip on my wall, but I knew that. <laughs> well, I guess kind of realized it now, but we all have different realities on life. But there is only one true reality and one true truth, you could say, about life. And so Daniel realized this, and how he realized it was, is that throughout the dream, the dream showed Daniel. He showed Daniel how the future was in God's hands. Right? Because I didn't tell you this because we didn't talk about it because I was waiting till now to talk about it. But if you think about it, when I talked about the rock that was going to be hurled at the statue and was going to, you know, strike it and, and crush it all together and it's going to turn into ashes and the wind's going to carry it away. Do you know what that is? That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. What, it's, what the whole scripture is saying is that this world is going to have people who are in power. They're going to have empires and nations. That's how the world works right now. And, you know, and, and it goes into historically accurate, you know, data of how the future is going to, you know, up, up, uphold. And every one of those things happened, right? Well, the last thing that says is that all of those nations, and right now, what that means is America, you know, China, Europe, Australia, South America, Antarctica, all of these, I guess Antarctica, Antarctica is not a nation, but you know, all of these areas and people and places and powers are going to be meaningless in the future. Why? Because kingdom of, the kingdom of God is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And we as Christians, are going to be a part of that kingdom. And at the end of um, the, it's in verses, chapter two, verse uh, 35, at the end of it, it says that the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. You realize that this earth is going to be the new heaven, right? And the kingdom of God is going to inhabit the earth. And that's going to be Christians all for one purpose. Well, we talked about senses in reality, right? about, you know, the reality that we see now. Well, I want to bring up, you know, how, how can we reach the understanding that Daniel had about reality? Like, what was his understanding of it? Okay, well, I want y'all to strap in because this is going to be deep, okay? I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine you're walking to a mirror or look in your phone. Like, you can actually do this if you want to. You don't have to imagine it. but Imagine you're looking in a mirror, right? You've seen yourself in a mirror for your whole life. All right, you're seeing yourself right now. Your right eye, when you're looking in a mirror, is connected to your right eye, right? Like you're looking in a mirror and that's how you see it. Your right eye is on your right side that you see. It's on the right side. Well, your left eye, that you perceive the world through your left eye, is on the left side of that mirror, right? Now, I want you to have a little out-of-body experience for a second. Not really, but let's just understand me. I want you to imagine that you're in a room, like take yourself out of your body and put yourself, you could even imagine it like you're over there. Now walk up to yourself, right? Walk up to yourself, not a reflection and look at yourself. And when you look at yourself and you're not in a reflection, 
your right eye is on your left eye. Is your right eye is, is center lined with the left eye that you're looking at because it's not the reflection, and your left eye is centered to the right eye. The way we see ourselves ever since we were little through a mirror is not how the world perceives us. Isn't that crazy? And I'll go ahead and tell you my inspiration behind that, um, how I figured that out or kind of came to that, 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 that clue. It's actually TikTok. <laughs> Some, there's a trend on TikTok right now that's like uh, invert your video or, you know, and see how people really see you. And, you know, girls are like, oh, they really see me like that. <laughs> so it, that, that's kind of funny. But uh, let me get back to what we were talking about. <laughs> But the world sees you in a completely different way than how you see yourself, because you how you see yourself is your own reality. Everyone in this world has a different sense of their own reality, right? The way you go to work or the way you go to school, you travel in those ways and you know different things, right? Well, just like how I think we get comfortable with our reflection and we don't understand the true reality of how things are seen, I believe one of the worst mistakes a Christian can do a Christian or anybody in general can do is come numb to the fact of the true reality around us. Because if we look around and we see the massiveness of the earth and, and the, the, the wonders of time and space and, and just the reality of everything in general, why are we just living every day like it's just another day? <laughs> like, I, all right, I want you to think about this too, okay? And this is deep. Think with me. Be philosophical. <laughs> that tree that I was looking at earlier, where did that tree come from? Okay, where did it come from? In reality, it came from another tree, right? And that tree came from another tree, and another tree, and another tree, and another tree, and another tree, until the very beginning. And just like you and me, I came from my parents, my parents from their parents, and their parents from their parents, and their parents from their parents, and generation on generation until Adam and Eve. But what is evident for that is that every creation on this earth was made by a creator. Okay, listen to that. The house that I'm in was made by a creator. I was made. I was created. The tree was created. So wouldn't creation itself need a creator? Isn't that the reality we think of? And the truth is, all right, I know the truth. The Bible is the truth. And we know that the creation is what happened when God created everything. So we know that it's God. We know that reality. And also, we know the future as well. This is why Daniel is rejoicing. Because in that, in the dream, he realizes, he realizes that God is showing him the future. And that the way he's living now, you know, his future is going to be with God. And God's kingdom is going to reign forever. Because God is the beginning and God is the end. So what I'm saying is, is I don't feel like it's wrong for you to live today as if it were today. Like go out and make today right now the best time that you could live it. But in order to do that, in order to make this very moment worth it and valuable, you must remember where it came from and where it's going.
Because if you do that, then you will find purpose and meaning in the life that you live. Because oftentimes, I feel as if Christians nowadays, we don't, we don't make that realization. Okay, and, and I, I want to read a verse to you that, that I hope resonates on your heart and makes you realize some things. Okay, it's, it's in James 1.22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, because when you're a hearer only, you deceive your own self. You see, we understand the reality. We just understood the reality, and we, we, we can read it in the Bible. We know all about it, and Christians do that. We go to church. We know the, the good news of the gospel. We know the gospel. But it all matters of how you put that into action. Because in this verse, it's so perfect because if we're only hearers and we don't truly grasp what our purpose and what we need to be doing right now in this very moment, we're deceiving our own selves, our own creation. Young people, the reality is that you, you are at the like most vital part of your life because you are young, you are strong, you are just, you have a lot of things going for you. And, you know, old people, they get up and their backs hurt. But don't tell them that. Don't tell them that, okay? Don't tell them that. <laughs> young people, you have the ability to do so much. That's the reality that you live in. So why don't you do it? Why don't you live this very moment? This very moment for, for the continuation of the gospel. And be like David. I mean, Daniel. I'm sorry. The, the, <laughs> Daniel, David. I'm pretty sure half of Christians have done that. So sorry. But Daniel. Daniel does that in his everyday life. If we look back at chapter one in the scripture we read, what did he do? When, when he was offered the pork and, and the horse meat that I think is very tasty, what did he do? <laughs> he decided to glorify God and not to defile himself to anything. Anything. He feared the Lord because when you fear the Lord, that's the start of all wisdom. And that's straight from Proverbs, son. <laughs> Guys and girls, who, whoever's listening, even older people. And I want to stress this too. If you're listening to the While We're Young podcast, you know, you could be old. We're never too younger than death. I mean, that's true. But make the reality. Understand the reality that you came from something and God controls this life and he has a plan and a purpose because he writes the story and his story is good. It's New York's bestseller. <laughs> but for real. What we have today is we have the gospel through Jesus Christ. So we should live like it every single day. That's the reality that we should understand. So I'm so sorry this podcast was like, what, 45 minutes long? Yeah, I'm very sorry. But I believe that if you really watched this, then you got something out of it. So that's all that matters, that God spoke, right? 
So thank you for listening. Um, I really encourage you dig deep into the word yourself. Don't just take my word for it because I can fail you. That's for sure. I can fail you. Dig into the word yourself and be inspired and meditate on it every single day. So tune in next Friday. It's going to be our next podcast and I'll have to decide on what we talk about. Also, if you want to throw me out some positive, negative criticism, I'll allow any of it. Just, you know, if I, I need to work on something or something bothers you, tell me. I'll, I, I love feedback. And uh, excuse me for my amateurness um, in the podcast because I'm learning. I'm learning and every podcast will get better. But I super, I'm super thankful for you listening. And I hope God blesses you. And I hope that you realize the truth about the life that you live in. So that's all I have. And I just, I I just pray that you have a great day. (laughs) But always remember that there's no greater time than to live while we're young. Thank you.